welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast, episode number 22. I'm Phil, and joining me as always is Rowan. How's it going? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. And our guest today, all the way back from episode number four, is Carlo. Welcome back, Carlo. Hey guys, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. All right, so let's jump straight into it today. We would normally have a new Home Assistant release, but uh, new changes this week have come out. Uh, the Home Assistant release schedule has changed slightly. They're bringing in a one-week beta for this week, and then following uh, next week, the normal release cycle will c- kick off again. Um, the reason they're doing this is just to try and reduce the amount of uh, point releases that are being required. I've seen on Reddit a few people saying, oh, I'll wait for the point release when everyone's tested it and the bugs have been ironed out. So what do you guys think about moving to a, a beta first? I like the model, personally. Um, I'm I'm okay with running the beta and, and updating because, again, it's, especially if you're on Has.io or Docker or something, it's it's just, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's super easy. But, but uh, and, and I think for the people that actually download it, especially for more first-time users and, and newer users, it's less less disruptions and and then stuff like that. For me, my house is a lab, so <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with beta. Yeah, it's but. interesting. I've actually been on the other side of the token now. Um, I used to always run dev, and uh, as the house, you know, as the, sort of the automation got bigger and bigger, I find myself running one or two point releases behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even running the latest stuff because sometimes just – breaking changes or it's just a lot of work sometimes to just kind of catch up that yeah. if there's no, and then there's just, you know, the, not even breaking releases, really the thing that holds me back a lot of times is there's just some bugs, right? So um, there's some bugs that are out there. It takes a couple point releases to fix. So I've, since I'm running Docker as well, I just moved over to Docker a little while ago. I've just been running stable releases and only basically only if, there's something that really compels me. So I read through the, the beta notes of this one, and I see that there's going to be some some hue stuff coming out. So I'll probably jump to that pretty early because I want to I want to experience that. But if there's no sort of new product support that, that that's applicable to me, I yeah. usually I usually sit around and wait for like point two release. You know, I figure by 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 you know sixty six point two everything is kind of fixed or, or you know the big mm-hmm. stuff is fixed. And then I've been jumping, so it's weird. This uh, this new this new beta release thing. I don't know if it'll even affect me. Um, so I've, I've been kind of staggered as is. Yeah, I think that was yeah. one of the problems. Uh, you know, being such a, a new product, and you know, being basically because remember we are a zero release still, so zero point six six. A lot of people. It was they were trying to get people to test you know, the new features that were rolling out. But in order to test those new features, you would have to be running a development version, which means you have to build the image or run it locally yourself and do all that. Now with the new beta, they've actually got proper uh, Docker tags on Docker Hub. You don't have to run your own Docker build commands to get the latest development version. You can actually run, I think it's the RC tag on Docker Hub. Uh, Hass.io users will be able to enable the beta channel uh, or the called the development channel from the system settings. So it's more accessible for people now to run the beta than it was previously. You'd have to run the development version. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, this is a little off topic, but ever since I moved to Docker, I, I just, I don't know why I haven't, why I didn't switch a year ago. It's so great for, for this particular thing, sort of rolling forward, rolling backwards. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I I was really off the mark when I didn't jump to it. <laughs> you know? No, it's, it's, I'm I'm a huge fan of it. Are, are you? You're, so you're not doing proper Has.io or anything. You're doing proper uh, proper Home Assistant with uh, running on Docker. Correct. Uh, yeah, correct. Not not Has.io. One of the reasons I didn't jump to Has.io is, I, I, and it could be wrong. I, I'm just under this impression that you don't have sort of all the. Uh, access to the full command line and to, to some of the custom custom components. It just that that was my impression that it's a little bit more for sort of the the user. I consider myself a power user. I'm doing everything through the command line, um, so that's why I haven't jumped to Hasio. I know it runs on Docker, 
Yeah. But, but that's why I'm, that's why I haven't switched to that one. I recommend that one for a lot of people that um, just want to get into it and, and sort of, you know, cause I love all, I, I love this idea of the add-ins and being able to just pop in new stuff, you know, through, through the GUI and click. But for me, to unwind, you know, the 3,000 lines I have of code, you know, of configuration, it, it, I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. I am where I am. It's, <laughs> there's no, there's no switching over. Even yeah, switching that blocker was a real challenge. Uh, did, did you actually find it difficult or? Well, yeah. I mean, not difficult. It's just, I had a couple of things I had to unwind. So yeah, one of the big ones was I had, um, I had physical, pieces hanging off my pie for instance so i had i had the 433 megahertz transceivers because i have a mm-hmm. bunch of outlets around the house that we control via radio frequency so i had to figure out a way to to move that so I, what i ended up doing with that is i ended up moving that to a broad link and then once that was sort of decoupled from the pie that was one thing i could switch out and then the cloud yeah. thing the cloud thing was the other thing that really helped me so I, I'm, I'm a big user of emulated hue uh and it it doesn't for me. It never worked wirelessly. I had to have I had to have everything plugged in from the hardwire. And my laptop that I moved my Docker host that acts as my Docker host does not have a, a hardwire connection. It's only Wi-Fi. It's one of these slim laptops. Right. And uh, so moving at the same time when I was thinking about moving to Docker, the cloud component came out, and so I switched. I guess I got rid of Emulator Two completely. I switched completely over to. To the cloud component that works wirelessly. So those kinds of pieces were the things that were sort of holding me to the pie. Really, the physical piece, and then and then that that emulated hue. Without that, my house my house doesn't work. Yeah, Lady, no, fair enough. Yeah, the, the the echo devices are a huge part of of my configuration. Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm I I was in that same boat at at some point before I switched to. To Docker. I mean, I, I didn't have uh, I didn't have uh, RF devices or anything, but um, and and I guess it's actually when I had a lot less components too, so that, <laughs> that definitely made life easier. So now 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 it's a for me in, in my mind, it's a Docker first approach, right? Yes. So actually, I actually still have one piece. So I, you know, I got these Pi Zeros for like a buck from Micro Center. Mm-hmm. At one point, so they've been sitting on my desk, and you're always struggling. You know, sometimes with these with hardware, you struggle. Like, how can I use it? It's sitting here. I want to use it. You know, I don't want it to just sit there idle. So I ended up putting pie hole on it, and uh, it's great. It runs DHCP. It runs uh, DNS in my house, and it's 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 just great. It works well, but it's a physical device. So I'm like, hmm, I should probably just move that over to Docker as well. It's yeah, super yeah. easy to just pop it up. Get it going, but then I'm like, "Well, what am I going to do with this Pi Zero? <laughs> I, <laughs> I already have another. I have two of them. Only one of them's in production, and then I'm now I'm contemplating taking it off, and it's just a buck. But what can I do with it? That's my uh, yeah. so. So if anyone has any ideas, you know, I guess drop them in the show, drop them in the comments, <laughs> the show notes, <laughs> tweet, tweet me, whatever. Because I have these two, I have these two Pi Zeros, and I, I need a good project for them. And I just don't know what, uh, I think they'll probably end up being magic mirrors at one point, but I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 I'm, but, but I'm with you, Rohan, right? It's just, I see so many items that are, that are Docker containers and it's so, so easy to just bring them up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Just it's once I, so I originally I got into it just to, to build it out as a lab so I can learn Docker and, 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 you know, learn that whole DevOps <laughs> methodology and it's since then even for all the all the services i'm running personally if it's not on docker i just basically don't run it (laughs) yeah i can see that but and and it's and it's great like it's it makes things so easy and and thing the thing is too it's you don't need to recreate the wheel there's somebody that's already put the recipe together for you right where you just say okay you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna download their docker file or docker compose file and and either you know build it or run it right and yeah, and I also I also really like the ability to update. So I, you know, yeah. I always I always say you know we always sort of keep Home Assistant up to date. But all the other little ancillary items like MQTT and uh, you know mm-hmm. Pihole or whatever, those things sort of fell to the wayside where I didn't upgrade them. But now with the Docker images, every once in a while, usually when I do a full Home Assistant update, I'll update all the containers that are running on the system. 
Yeah. Um, so that's been handy. So from a security standpoint and all that other good stuff. So I run Unify as well as a Docker container because we have, I have yep. Unify APs and uh, that thing is always getting updated. And that's something, had it not been a Docker container, I, I would never update. <laughs> it's just too, it's, it's just, just too much to it that, that I would have never done it. So, so in, in that case, uh, Docker's been great for that too. It's, yeah. it's dead simple. Yeah, no, agreed. And and Phil, you just recently switched to something, did you not? Or am, uh, I, am I confusing? No, that? I haven't switched over anything yet. Okay, I thought I thought for whatever reason you switched. Oh, yes, I think it was Jan right. that switched over to Has.io. Hmm. So Rohan, do you run it on the Pi, or you have a you have a proper host? No, I I run it on my lab server at at home. Okay. And then I just I just run it off of there. It's just it's in a VM, so it's dockerized in a virtual machine, um, which sort of inefficient, but whatever. It's for it's for uh, uh, for my lab use, anyway. So I just I just uh, dump all the containers on there. I've actually got uh, a post ready to go on building Home Assistant on Swarm. Oh wow! And then uh, so I'll post that when I <laughs> stop being lazy. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so back on topic, uh, the new Home Assistant release schedule. Uh, so next week, we have the first release of 0.66. So it's currently out in beta, and we have some new platforms. So one of those is a VSync switch platform, which uh, is for eTech City smart switches. And last week in 0.65, uh, Home Assistant brought out the new uh, group platform for lights. That's now also been extended for uh, covers like garage doors and curtains as well. So that's good to see the group. Yeah, the group platform wow, uh, that's picking cool. up pace a bit as well. Yeah do we do we have any insight fill into into what else would be coming? Like what what other what other well, pieces I can, would be useful, right? Yeah, I'm guessing the the eventual use will be you know as much uh, components that seem logical to have it. Um, just trying to think off the top of my head where else it could be going for. I don't have any personal insight uh, for it. I knew lights were the the perfect use case, and I guess now, yeah, covers make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and then hopefully, um, well, we'll probably see actually, yeah, that's a good point. Too, if you've so. got two smart switches that control, you know, two different lights, but you want them controlled as one switch, it makes sense to put them in a, a switch group. In a group. All right. Uh, new uh, sensors for BMW, uh, the connected drive platform. Another smart car has been uh, improved. Uh, you can now look at the door status if uh, your door in your BMW is open or closed, the windows are up or down, and whether or not the doors are locked on your car. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I love that. I know, man. It, it's it's every, every time I, say, I hear one of these, it's just like... Yeah. Man, where, where where have we come with technology, right? Yeah. And I I can have my echo tell me if my you know, if my if my window is left open on my car, right? And like it's it's some pretty cool stuff. More yeah, and it's 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 now become part of the conversation. Like oh, people are walking into dealers going, Well, do you have home assistant support? <laughs> otherwise uh, otherwise I'm gonna walk down to this Nissan shop. <laughs> For me, at this point, it's like I, it doesn't even matter the size of the purchase. That's, like, that's one of my first questions. That's, at least it's in my head. I'm like, well, can I automate this thing? Can I get? Can I or can I drag the data somehow into my system and then start using the data somehow? We have a yeah. I have a Bolt. I bought a Chevy Bolt, and uh, it's full electric. It's uh, it, and it, I can we can pull data in. I can't pull data from the car itself, although there's a there's a development component that's that's uh, out there. I, I can't remember the gentleman's name that's uh, that's doing it, but we're we're working on it, and um, and that'll be cool. Just just being able to pull sort of mileage, and I think mileage is a, is kind of a neat data point to pull from cars. Yeah, you know, gas mileage efficiency, or in, in, in the Bolt's case, particularly power, if you want to graph it as well and look at trend data and see how cars, you know, is it improving or how you're driving it you know is something wrong you're using a lot more fuel than usual maybe you need to get it looked at 
Yeah, it's also an, it's also a really neat like secondary presence sensor, right? If the car is in the garage, then I guess you're home or someone's home. Mm-hmm. So it's neat. Uh, we also got a new air quality monitor from uh, Fubot. I actually, uh, when I first saw this, I thought it was Footbot, but it's actually Fubot. So <laughs> don't make that mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah just right? looking at the notes, uh, another Xiaomi sensor, uh, another air quality monitor from Xiaomi. I love Xiaomi stuff. And also the a new notification platform. This one is the Stride notification platform, which is the new version of HipChat coming out from Atlassian. Um, there's also uh, initial support has been added for Homatic IP components. Now, I've actually... Have you guys heard of Homatic IP before? No, I, I've seen no, it around in a few places on Reddit. So, I was, this is one of those components. I was like, oh, I've seen this like around a lot. So, I'm, I was surprised it hadn't been in Home Assistant already, but... There's uh, switches, I believe, in Homematic IP in 0.66. So if you're looking out for those, get onto that release. And one thing that is really interesting is now you can use IFT to control uh, security alarm panels with Home Assistant. Yeah. So oh, I'm not particularly sure okay. how it works. If it's a proper thing that you set up on IFT, I would assume that maybe there's like a, a Nest, say Nest had a security system and they had an integration with IFT there is the possibility now to control that with Home Assistant as well. So that, that was interesting. Hmm. Although, yeah, it's, it's totally cool. It, it'll probably be a challenge for users to actually find something that's not supported natively yes, by Home exactly. Assistant. Um, that you actually have to go to it, you know. It, it, it's, I, can see, I can see that functionality just being a sort of a bridge, you know. So while until the, the native component comes out, you can use Ift. I, at this point, I used to use Ift a lot. And now, um, little by little, I, it's, it just starts peeling away that I don't really have that many recipes anymore that use that use Ift because there's so much yeah, native support in Home Assistant for things. Well, that's it, right? And I don't know. For me, I was never a huge fan of Ift. I just, I just found that it was another layer of of stuff. Um, whereas if you know Home Assistant or, or whatever Adam automation platform did it natively then fantastic yeah. yeah i think the only thing i have now running is for i have a rachel sprinkler system that there is mm-hmm. there is home assistant support but there's not there's it's just a little dicey and there's some control there's some control issues because the api is not it's it's sort of uh, i think it was sort of hacked and reverse engineered it's not necessarily um documented and, and, and proper that it's just Right. So the if thing kind of works, and for sprinklers, you know, I'm just like, if it rains, I delay it. There's just some things that they're not time sensitive at all. So I think that's like one of the last if things that I'm running. I think the only thing I have running through if is uh, the mm-hmm. timer alert when the echo has a timer go off. It'll just ping Home Assistant to turn on a script to flash the lights. I think that's yeah, it's the only oh, if cool. recipe I've thought that needs could be used only because there's no ability for the echo to natively tell home assistant that you know the time is done so i think i have to add i'm going to add that one in now and i think there's also a trigger for the echo (laughs) when it has a alarm go off so if you tell that lovely lady in there you know to wake me up at a certain time tomorrow morning when the alarm goes off in the morning you could then get home assistant to kick off some routines for you that way if you're not always having the same alarm set every day you know, as soon as the alarm goes off, Home Assistant can then kick off its stuff automatically for you. Yeah. That's pretty handy. All right. And yeah. some breaking changes uh, in this release and probably a good reason why we have now a beta week is uh, HomeKit uh, is now getting support for scripts, lights, and percentage sensors. Um, but there are some breaking changes, um, including a new HomeKit start service and the port number has been moved over to a different port so you can change the new configuration settings if you need to adjust that one uh phillips hue has also had a uh update um to the library underneath it um if you're already using phillips hue they should work with this new library but if you've manually specified a hue bridge in your configuration file uh, you'll now need to ensure that the host key is required and is set in your uh, config yaml and it points to a valid IP address. Uh, they've also removed the allow in emulated hue setting uh, from Home Assistant as well. 
Yeah, that's that's one of the that's going to be one of the changes that's going to push me to the next version pretty quickly. So I'm looking forward to that async on the uh, on the Hue platform. I think I, I know Paulus did it. I, I wonder if it was because uh, I know he had submitted uh, he had submitted some validation stuff for some Google Home stuff, and I think the those Google engineers had some issues with some of the the way that the the Hue pieces worked, or they couldn't get it to work. Yeah. Something something along those lines. They had some issues with some. Some pretty basic stuff, and uh, I wonder if Paulus just went and sort of said, "But fine, I'm just going to rewrite everything." There you go. Yeah, no, it was probably on one of the list of things. It was like, "All right, this is a good excuse it. to do it anyway." Oh, so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. that that's going to push me to, to that one. I've run two. I have two Hue hubs actually running in my house because we I hit light limitations on on some of them just because of the the number of lights we have, and uh, so yeah, so that's I'm definitely going to push to that one. I got nervous when yeah. I saw it in the breaking changes thing. I, and whenever I see something in the breaking changes, it looks like, and it looks like, like no yeah. description, like, oh, no, this isn't going to be good. Yeah. yeah. And lights are pretty big. I mean, it's a, that's a good portion of the of – I was like, oh. But it looks like it's uh, – he made it pretty easy that the breaking changes really – really, it, it, based on the way I interpreted the notes and the way I read it, it, it looked like it wasn't it, – although it's a breaking change, it looks like it's only going to affect a, a very limited amount of people and uh, and and, and – the new component will just sort of consume the old configuration. So I wonder if people even notice. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. people probably that's, won't that's even notice. Plan, I hope. Uh, the dark sky sensor uh, had an error uh, that's been fixed. So just watch out if you're using the dark sky sensor. And Z-Wave entity IDs have all moved over now to the new entity registry. So the old entity IDs will no longer be provided uh, in a attribute of a device. So watch out for that. And there's a couple of more changes for spot crime and the system monitor will now report the swap in megabytes instead of gigabytes. All right. So yeah, some good stuff coming in uh, 066 and just some other quick changes as well. The glances sensor can now measure running Docker containers and the CPU they're using as well as the memory use. So I know we all here love Docker, so maybe I'll need to start looking at glances. That might be cool. Uh, yeah, that'd be neat. Yeah, that'd be all right. More, data, more data, more data points. Sensibo devices can now be controlled yeah. via the entity registry, which is another uh, good move, getting everything over to the one central place. And the sorry, have you guys done anything? I'm sorry, have you guys done anything really with that entity registry? I haven't really. I mean, I saw it there, and I know I know it's made some behind the scenes changes, but I haven't really dug into it at all, at least for my configuration. No. Have you guys done anything with it yeah, other than I, I having don't it think I've back there? Yeah, really needed it yet. Since not like, me, I think it's only good when you really register a new device, and then you need to. Oh, actually, one of my Sonos speakers I had yeah, to I thought... um, lock down. Um, I found that I had I've got two Play Ones in a uh, left and right pair. And I found that depending on when Home Assistant would restart, one side and the other speaker, would they would both uh, change. Like, So they were both called the Office speaker. And I'd get Office 1, but they would intimate like it would change which speaker it was. And that would cause me to lose control of the oh. Office speaker depending on which speaker was picked up first. Because for some reason, only one side of the Sonal speaker could be controlling both sides. So now I've just hard-coded them. So I guess that's the that, that, yeah, I, see, I feel like that's one of the big benefits, right? Is is if you're using discovery for things, yeah. the, the stuff always gets discovered the same way. And, same and with Plex. Like I had issues with uh, Plex and my Sonos mm-hmm. uh, Playbar getting picked up as the same entity, like as the same media player entity. So just hard coded those so they never conflict anymore. Yeah. Uh, nice. The downloader component can now send an event to Home Assistant, so you yeah. can trigger things like notifications or flashing lights when a download completes. Do you guys use the downloader component in Home Assistant? No. I, I don't. Think, I'm not sure no. a good use case for it. So if anyone's got a good one, please send it to me. Uh, the dark sky sensor can now specify the language uh, for weather data. This is one I also thought was... Um, Good for international users. Um, I can't believe it hasn't been in there since, but now if you're not an English speaker or your weather reports don't natively come in English, you can get your local forecast in your native language. 
And uh, a user on Reddit, uh, Josh Max D, noticed the PR from Polis. So I think we were just talking about this before, Carlo, uh, for Google Assistant integration with Home Assistant Cloud. So I'm expecting to see that uh, an announcement for that coming very soon. Yeah, yeah. I know he's been doing a lot of work um, with yeah. the Google team to get it certified and get all the just basically get everything certified. I know it's been it's, it seems like it's a lot of work. Um, the Apple one seemed to have gone really, really quickly, and the Google one is just taking yeah. a long time. Even Amazon went went really fast. So, um, so that's that. You, you I, I, for some reason, I just assumed Google would be faster, but I guess not. Well, Google's a big machine too, right? You got to remember that. Yeah, I was just—I mean, I'm just saying faster in the sense of in comparison to Apple. You know, Apple gets a bad rap of being stringent and, and, and close, closed walled garden and all that stuff. And Amazon is also a yeah. huge beast with things. But uh, so Google, because of Android, it, it's my clearly naive impression that uh, that they were more wild west. But it looks like they—they're making—they're making poor policy. Which I guess is a good hoops. thing. But he's getting, he's getting, he's getting through it. So yeah, he's getting through it. So that's awesome. All right, and so yeah. Carlo, now it's over to you. Now we get to pick your brains about everything that's new with you. So you joined us back on episode four, um, and you just started using floor plan. So are you still using floor plan? Yes, still using floor plan. We have I have deployed to three devices nice. throughout the house, which is nice. Um, we have two uh, alarm panels, so we have one in the one in the master bedroom, one in the hallway. It's sort of uh, I use them just like a security system. So right before we go to bed, I can just quickly tap the panel or walk by the panel, look at it. I look to see if any if there's anything red on it, you know, any windows open, any doors open. The whole alarm system is fed into floor plan, so that I can see any windows that are open or any doors that are open, and it's it's just a great it's just a great way. To visualize, it's a lot of data. So there's something like uh, I, don't, I can't remember. I think it was like 19 or 20 different zones throughout the house for Windows because we built it. Wow. I did. A, I wrote a blog post on it for building your own hardware alarm system. It was pretty pretty popular. A lot of people looked into it, but it's basically an existing hardwired system, and I ripped it out, but I, all the wires were still there. So I just plugged them all into little ESPs. And there's three ESPs running. Yeah, so it's about 18 zones running about six zones a piece, all of it feeding into Home Assistant. So I can see when any window opens or closes, and then we just do various automations based on that. We turn the air conditioner on and off, and we do a lot of speech stuff. So I made it more like a traditional system where if a window opens, we get that little chime through the house. Additionally, if a door opens, we can say which door so we get the chime it'll say front door open front door closed different things like that um so that's been cool uh just just pushing all that data through it so so that's my floor plan so when i right before i go to bed i look at it and then right before we leave the house which is why we stuck it in the hallway it's the hallway right before the garage so those are the two points we look at that and then we have another instance of floor plan which is just running a clock so that's the alarm clock that uh that I built that it just has some video feeds on it. Some, so we pull in our, I have this Skybell HD doorbell. So we pull in a video feed from that. I just put, I just put in some IP cams. I bought some, some FOSS cams to put around the house. So I haven't yet in, put that feed into, uh, into the floor plan, but those will be there too. So the alarm comes off, you know, it's just a little fire tablet runs on the bedside. It's a smart alarm. So it knows, you know, because of home, because of HA, it knows if, if it's a holiday, we can program school schedules and sort of it doesn't go off in the summer and all that good stuff. And uh, but I, the real reason I did it is I tied it into our bed so that we have that sleep IQ bed. So we know the bed, the bed's got Wi-Fi on it. It knows when we're in it, right. you know, right and left. So when you get up in the middle of the night, I have some lights turn on. I also have that clock um the screensaver comes off so that when i go back to bed i can kind of quickly glance and see what time it is it's big numbers i'm getting old so i need to see big numbers and uh it's easy (laughs) to see what time it is what time i woke up in the middle of the night 
So that was one of the reasons I actually built the dumb thing. It's kind of funny. It's a very small, it's a very small reason, but it makes a big impact in what, what I'm doing. So for me, it was, there's some value there and it was a cool little project. Yeah. So that's the third one that I run and that's floor plan. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So how often would you have to touch one of the tablets or is it all... Do you use mainly voice control around the house? So we use we use voice a we use voice a lot. We have uh, we have seven Alexa, uh, we have seven Echo devices. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm, trying, I'm gonna try very hard not to say that that word. I do. I do. It does, <laughs> so it does drive me crazy when when people say it because they go off, and especially if you're listening <laughs> to this stuff late at night, it's like oh. So I, I have about seven Echo devices throughout the house. Um, just basically dots uh, for the most part. Five of them are dots. One's a tap. One's a, a first generation, and, uh, and we use that a lot for. We use it a lot for overrides. So I love the new. Well, not new anymore, but I love the, the groupings. So you can just walk in and say, you know, Echo, turn on the lights in whatever room she's in. She'll turn on the associated lights. So that's been that's been very good. We know nobody touches light switches in our house, even though we because. We've gone bulbs, so we don't have switches. We don't have smart switches. Mm-hmm. We have um, Hue bulbs everywhere, so uh, nobody touches the switches. So, so the voice is the override. So usually things should just happen, right? So if the TV's on, it knows we're watching TV. It should it, it should adjust the, the living room lights, turn different things off. If we're there's some motion sensors that are around. So in my office, I never turn on the light. I just walk right in. Um, there's a little ESP motion sensor that I built that just sees me, turns on the light. If, you know, of course, you know, if it's, if it's past sunset and, you know, all the different rules that we have uh, in home assistant. So ideally we shouldn't have to do anything, but when we have to do overrides, that's what, uh, that's where voice comes in. And then on the flip side, the house speaks a lot. We do, I've built a ton of speech stuff now. So, it's just constantly, it's just constantly talking. It's not for everybody, but for our. Are you still using really, Amazon really Polly? Well, um, but yes. but yes, we use Polly. That's I love it. It works. It's very seamless. So we can talk to Echo, and then Polly responds basically in a very seamless manner. I still, I think we talked about it in episode four, but still the most popular automation that we have yes. in the house yeah. is the chore. Uh, the chores one. So I have both of my kids <laughs> on a daily basis, literally on a daily basis, will say, you know, uh, uh, Amazon turn on responsibilities. And then Polly will come in over the top and tell them whose day it is to do the chores and whether it's garbage day and what to do. So that's that, that, that automation gets run every single day by the kids. And it's a very, very seamless operation. It, it seems very seamless when, when other people hear it, they think it's all basically Amazon, even though it is, but they think it's all the, the echo device doing it. And they're like, how do you do that? And then, you, then, you, then, then you, then, then you tell them and then their eyes glaze over. So do you have any tips? What happens? Sorry, go ahead. Ron. So we, and, and, and I'm, I'm, ass- oh, sorry. I was, I was going to say, I'm, I'm assuming that's what you use for your open uh, door, open door closed and, and your chimes and all yeah, that. It's stuff all poly. Well. It's all poly except for, well, you know, the chimes and stuff. I have a lot of, what I have is I have a lot of MP3 files on GitHub. So GitHub has become my new kind of uh, repository for grabbing static data. I used to use Dropbox. I used to use some other things. Um, 
for whatever reason, I can I just can't get my local stuff working. So I can't host something locally on my uh, home assistant and get Chromecast to see it. It's I know why. It's because I have uh, I use SSL and there's some name changes and some domain 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 name things going on that Chromecast wants to see fully qualified domain names. So what I found to be super easy is to just put it on my repo. It's public. GitHub doesn't seem to have any limits. So Dropbox used to have limits where too many calls to the to a public file and it just would shut it down. It, it didn't like that. So GitHub doesn't seem to have any of these limits. I can call it, you know, thousands of times a day if I really want to, but it just doesn't seem to care. So I put all my MP3s on there. The Chromecast is is the is the device that's actually plugged into all my speakers throughout the house. So we have we have all ceiling speakers in, in a lot of the rooms around the house, and all of those uh, terminate back to one location. That's where we have our Chromecast, and we have a mixer, and we have uh, uh, an amplifier on there as well, so that we can. So I can basically, if if my Amazon devices are playing Spotify or Pandora or something over the over the music's playing over the house, the mixer will mix in the Chromecast stuff. So she. Polly will just talk right oh, over wow, the music, cool. so it's a nice, it's a real nice seamless stuff. I don't, I don't have to worry about like pausing and stopping and trying to remember where I was. Um, it just goes, and she, you know, again, there's so much. It's not there's so much. There's just a lot of talking from a, from thinking about what it does. It's a lot of talking. I, I, that's one of the stats that I tweet out is is how much talk happened in the last day and it's you know it's 12 minutes 13 minutes 14 minutes which doesn't seem like a lot but it's a lot when you consider that it's just these sort of announcements of you know who's home and who's not who left and garage doors opening and garage doors closing and various other little facts uh, throughout the house yeah nobody seems to mind i mean like i said for my family it works really well um, we like it. It, it it's useful it's people we you know my wife and my kids they both know when home assistant's down because the house gets super quiet like we just realized like <laughs> oh we haven't heard the cuckoo clock for instance the cuckoo clock's one that goes off all the time which we love um so it's like well we haven't heard the cuckoo clock and then we know okay well something's wrong with home assistant you know something happened i just gotta go restart it it's usually it's usually like a misplaced comma sometimes at night i'll i'll, I'll push out changes and have lots of lists and stuff where uh, things are commas and I, I do lots of random stuff. So there's like a list of items that, that, uh, sp- you know, speech words that, that Polly's going to use. And it's all separated via comma. Sometimes I have like a misplaced comma and that will just throw off speech. All of a sudden speech won't work. Everything else works, but speech doesn't work and people notice. So that's to me, that, that means it's part of the, it's part of, you know, our process It's part of what we're used to. It's, it's adding some sort of value to the everyday life because when it doesn't work, I, I hear about it and I hear about it relatively quickly. <laughs> if you're in IT, like if you're in IT, you know about that, right? When there's an error that people are using, yeah. like users start to come, they start calling like immediately before your before all your, your dashboards turn red, all of a sudden you have users calling. Like that's what, that's what happens in the house with home assistant. When, when it doesn't work, when something sort of starts to fail, um, I hear about it. It doesn't matter how many alerts you have set up. About it, it, it won't matter. My, my, it's my wife coming yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's all sneaker net. It's all, it's my kids coming to me going, okay, we, well, we don't yeah. know whose date is to do the chores. <laughs> so we, no one's taking up the garbage because so you uh, mentioned it doesn't work. That, so, so you mentioned that your house tweets the, um, you, the number of stats, like how much speech was mentioned today. What is actually, so you've actually put your house on Twitter, is that right? Yep. So we put the house on Twitter. Um, that was one of the little projects that I wanted to to play around with and do and I just want to sort of push a lot of a lot of the home assistant stuff that we have. So yeah, the house has a full Twitter account. It's a full bot. It um, it's real time, so relatively real time. So when things happen around the house, it'll tweet it, and it'll tweet, and it usually it'll, it'll include some sort of links back to back to the repo. This way, if someone else wants to do it, they can. The Twitter package is actually it's a full package. So there's a couple keywords in here, like for instance, when it tweets something. So when you, matter of fact, for, for, for you guys, when you post a new home That's assistant right, podcast, yeah. the house will tweet it. The house will say, oh, there's a new podcast because you can the RSS and it'll, it'll send a link and it'll send a tweet. And it'll also add in these hashtags, you know, random stat and 
hashtag smart home. And uh, I've done a search on those and I see ah. there's about four other houses that have come online that are using my package. They're using my package specifically, and but for them and, um, and, and they're tweeting as well. So that's kind of cool. You can see different data. So some of the data that it pulls, so the, 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 the Twitter, I guess the Twitter handle is, it's uh, at Bearstone HA. Uh, is the is the that's the house account and what it does is it'll just watch all sorts of things so it'll tweet out just random stats so um the internet connectivity which is super passive aggressive because i i purposely <laughs> tag my internet provider because who likes their internet who likes their internet provider right <laughs> so I, I i i it just tweets the internet provider which is awesome because it'll say you know whatever it'll say you know the average internet download is you know 20 megabits and upload is this and says i'm a card cutter and it'll 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 tag that the spectrum is mine so it'll tag get spectrum and if i tell you like you know maybe maybe three times out of ten times that it does it i'll get a response back from i get that their stupid automated thing that that, that says oh if there's some some trouble please dm (laughs) dm me your info and they're talking to a robot which is super awesome Super satisfying. That's so funny. That's yeah, so satisfying. Is, is Bearstone HA all powered the, 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 by a home assistant <laughs> instance or even your, your home assistant instance running at home? Or is another project that's running that Twitter account? Wow. Nope. It is all home assistant. So home assistant is doing all tweets. There's one or two yep. tweets that are mixed in there that, that do come from Ift um, or Zapier. So like some of the, uh, like my blog post stuff is just, it's just easier to do it through uh, Zapier. Um, so there's a little zap that's running. So there's, but for the most part, I mean, 99% is coming from Home Assistant. Um, one of the big enhancements we just made was imaging. So Dale, uh, you know, everyone knows Dale Hicks. He's super awesome. He helped me out trying to add images. So there was not a lot of good documentation out there um, for how to add images to the tweets. We had the capability. It was clearly in the code. I just couldn't figure it out. So Dale looked at it and, 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 and I, I figured out some of the syntax, but then I wanted to randomize stuff, right? So I tried to make the feed pretty interesting. So it's not just the same sort of stuff over and over and over again. So it does random words, um, random stats, and then we have random images that make sense. So we have a pool of images. So if we're talking about internet speed, we do, uh, you know, there's some internet images. If we're talking about, we track some some stocks, some Bitcoin and some Tesla stuff I push out too as well. Those are outside of Home Assistant. But what's interesting is they're using the Home Assistant components. We use the Vantage one to track finance uh, stocks. So we'll post that. So Dale helped me do that. So, so hopefully it's a little bit more interesting than just your normal, just text feed coming in. Um, that's what I, that's, that, that's the goal. At least we tried to make it a little bit more interesting with some images, make it make, and then we are using for those that aren't on Twitter. I actually haven't, I do have another, I can't, I can't remember whether it's if or zap or one of these, one of these cloud aggregators that grabs the uh, nice. Twitter feed and then posts it to Facebook. So if you, if you're on Facebook, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're not on Twitter and you're on Facebook, you can go to Facebook slash, you know, facebook.com slash, Bearstone HA, and that's the Facebook feed as well. Um, so you can follow the you can follow the house there. And because it's sort of image driven, I think it's a little nicer that it's image driven. And everybody likes images; they're they're kind of random. I keep adding more and more. I think we have about fifty or sixty images in there now. Um, there, there's there's a good amount of data. So every time someone rings the bell, that that's real time. That pops right up on the Twitter feed. It'll say someone just rang the bell. Um, trying to think of some of the other ones there's whenever the lights come on not individual lights but we do sunset lights and uh so sunset and and sunrise there's some tweets in there whenever the sprinkler systems go off uh we use a lot of the space stuff so when there's full moons when there's holidays when there's when that eye when the international space station uh passes overhead we do a we do an instant tweet for that as well so I dig it. It's definitely, it's, it's for data nerds out there that just want to see data. One of the things we're working on now is we have, I just got solar panels put in and I have a Tesla power wall as well that feeds data. So there's an open, there's an API on that power wall that lets you grab uh, all of the, the real time energy production that's created by the solar panels. So I was, I had that fed into home assistant and I was, Dale was super nice to help last night 
and uh, he wrote some code to aggregate all of the data. So what, 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 what the end goal, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, what, what we're going to do is we're, I'm going to post every day what energy production we did. So this way, if someone else has a power wall, if you're interested in, in some of the solar stuff, you can kind of see how much power is generated every single day. And we should be able to see some, some pretty cool fluctuations throughout the year. And then you can kind of figure that stuff out. So I like that. That's kind of another neat piece of data. Whenever we charge our car, for instance, we, I grab that data and I'll post that as well. So I'll say, you know, we added 40 kilowatts in the last six hours. And so you can kind of look at it. And if you, if that stuff makes sense to you, you can see, you know, sort of how long it takes to charge cars and, I don't know. Just lots of data. It's lots of data. And what I love about data is however I think it should be used, someone else is going to use it a different way because it's just data. So you'll use it the way it makes sense to you. Do you have any privacy concerns like putting all that data out there? there? Yeah. I did. Um, I did put it out there initially and then uh, sort of the internet trolls came out super quick (laughs) and, uh, and then yeah. I deleted it. I was like, oh man, they just got in my head, right? They got in my head real quick. And, and then I, and then, you know, whatever, I sat on it for a little while. I thought about it then. And, and I just said, no, I don't. So now I don't. So I, I went back, I put it right. I don't think someone, someone, I'm sure someone will be out there who, who's going to prove me wrong, but I don't think there's a lot of identifiable information as far as. So the big thing for me, the big thing for presence is presence, right? The big thing for privacy is, prefer- is, is mm. presence, right? Do you want to, you don't want to necessarily broadcast when you're home and you're not home. So there's a lot for the most part. So I don't, I don't, I have the ability to say, Hey, the garage door just opened. Obviously we don't post that. Um, right. So we don't post things. We, one, I don't think it's interesting necessarily. Well, it, it is interesting. Actually, I, that's the irony. I do think it's totally interesting, but it's also super overwhelming. If you know, you know, I got two kids, right? My garage door opens a million times a day. So that would just overwhelm the, 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 the complete feed. So, so I don't do anything that I think is tied to presence. Um, there might be some things you could discern if you really, really sat here and analyzed the feed. You could probably figure some stuff out. Um, but no, the short answer is no more, Phil. I don't. I don't. I put it out there, and it's on the internet, and half of my life, you know, ninety percent of my life is on the internet. So it's all out there. Hopefully, there's more good. You know, hopefully, people find it more interesting than than the, the trolls and. Uh, come and go and that's the way it is yeah but yeah I, I, I think I've done a good job of at least protecting it most of it's random so we we, we probably let's say for instance we publish 60 pieces of data um, it randomly chooses that other than some of the real-time events like the doorbell ringing a lot so I guess I've done things where a lot of the stuff if you sat in front of my house you'd be able to <laughs> that, that makes sense things. yeah <laughs> right you know what I mean right this is, stuff that's, this, this is stuff that's available, like my neighbors, for instance, like they can, you know, if they, whether they subscribe to my feed or they just look out their window, they're going to see the same data. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's kind of the, the you know, for the, for all the robbers out there and criminals, I, I guess if you just park in front of my house, you can probably figure out a lot of the same stuff too. Um, there's no big secrets that are in this feed that, that are going to like, you know, show you how to, I guess, break into my house. But but that's yeah, that's the that's where the trolls came in. They're like, oh, their house is definitely going to get robbed. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of low key, low tech ways to just rob a house. So I don't think I don't think most people are. Yeah, that's the thing, right? A lot of burglaries are very opportunistic. You know, everyone complains about, oh. oh, you know, don't put that smart switch on your front yes. door. Everyone will just hack it and get in, right? Like. Really, this isn't, you know, some episode of CSI Cyber where people can just, you know, hack in with Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're going exactly. to just take a rock and throw it through your window. That's what's <laughs> yeah. going to really happen. Yeah. You know, you know, you know that you know, lawn chair that you have <laughs> in the backyard? That's what's going to come through your, your sliding glass <laughs> yep. door because that's way easier than hacking. Yes. Um, yep. It's super, hanging super free. easy. Yeah. 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 And if you're, if you're a crackhead, that's what you're, you're going to do. So that's, that's, that's my take on it. It's, uh, there's, you know, and I work from home. So the other things I work from home, I'm always home anyways, for the most part, there's, we have lots of other layers of security. So from a security standpoint, there's lots of layers on the house from a security standpoint. We do randomize most of the stuff. So again, if we have 60 pieces of data, we're randomly choosing them. So the feed for one, I think it makes the feed interesting. 
and then for two, it's also you don't see the same data. So you, I think it's I think it's hard to build a pattern, except if you looked at it like over months and months and months, you might be able to figure some stuff out. But for the most part, it's randomized. But I I at the end of the day, without I don't even want to get into this too much because at the end of the day, I really just don't think anyone is looking at it. I think people are just interested. If you're subscribing to the feed, it's because you have HA and you want to see um, what can be done. And that's really why I put it out there. It's so that you can see if you subscribe, like when you talk to people, sometimes it's like, well, why, why would anyone want to see, you know, the Twitter feed, right? Why would anyone follow Facebook or, or Twitter or the house? And it's a bot at that, at that. It's not even a person. It's a bot. And, I'm, and my answer, what I think the answer is, is because they want to see what can be done. If you follow it and then tomorrow you start seeing solar production, you're like, hey, I, I can do that. So let me grab that package. Or if you see, hey, it's tweeting the weather or it's tweeting this or it's tweeting some interesting stat, then then they'll want to do it. So it just for me, it's, it should be it should be a source of inspiration, just like the repo, just like all the other things. Uh, um, they should be sources of inspiration so that if you're looking to automate one of the ho- I've always said this. One of the hardest things for automation is coming up with ideas. Yep. It's never the implementation, right? Usually, I should say, usually never the implementation. It's always, well, what do we do? I mean, once you turn the lights on, okay, well, what's the next thing? How do we level up? Um, so that's what I think the feed, that's what I hope the, the feed is for. Um, and that's what I hope my repo is for. That's what I hope all the stuff that I put out there for the community is for. It's really just for inspiration. It's like, hey, here's, here's what I do. Here's what I think is cool. Um, go ahead and do it yourself. You know, I think, I think if I think it's cool, then maybe someone else out there thinks it's cool and coming up with ideas is the hardest yeah. for me. No, I really like hardest. your uh, GitHub repo too. It's very well organized. So that I spent a tremendous amount of time redoing that entire thing. So we, from episode four, it, it, I feel like it was, you know, it, it looked one way. It was just complete text. It was just a big wall of text, and I spent a lot of time. So both the Twitter feed and the repo, one of the big, big changes, and my blog for also I have. So those are the three pieces that I have. There's my blog, which is vcloudinfo.com, and then there's the repo, which is in the show, show notes, and then there's the, the, the Twitter slash Facebook feed. I spent a ton of time sort of trying to pretty everything up. So I felt like the content was really good already. I felt like I had a lot of, a lot of content, a lot of deep content in there, but it was, it was, I felt like it just didn't look sexy. It just looked boring. So it looked like everyone else's. I said, well, how can we change this? So I, I spent, I have a friend, Steve, who is an amazing graphics designer. So we spent a lot of time sort of building custom graphics and trying to figure out how to make things work both on my blog. And then we try to translate to the repo and we, if we try to, to bridge it all, there should be some sort of co- cohesive nature to all three of these things. They use a lot of the same colors, a lot of the same images, a lot of the same navigation. So I spent a lot of time on that repo, um, just literally rebuilding everything. So now it should look, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's in markup, so it's super limited. I mean, I felt like I was building yeah. a house with, you know, match, match sticks and mud. It was just... <laughs> It was you know, used colors, to things nothing. with HTML and you can do so. So there was a lot of challenges. So I, yeah, so so we so I did my best to try and bring it, make it colorful, and I added a lot of. I tried to add some dynamic stuff in there. So there's the there's some Travis stuff in there that shows whether the repo's passing or not, which is important because that, that's as new releases come and if repos go stale, you want to know that your configuration would work. Stuff that you pull from there still works with the latest stuff. So we put that in there. And then, and then I just started putting all the devices. So it's all graphics. I mean, full disclaimer, there's some affiliate links in there. So, you know, if you find it useful, click it and that, that helps me. And that's, that just keeps me motivated to, to keep putting out more content. So, um, we put a lot of images in there and then, and then what I started doing was I started linking. So I have images and then I have descriptions. So for instance, there's a networking section where we have all the networking, uh, all the hubs and APs that I use. And then underneath it, there's a little description. And then underneath that, I actually have my automations and then I link to the actual automation. So we say what we do, like there's a doorbell one and when someone clicks the doorbell, we do this. And then if you if you hit, there's a little play button. So it's hidden. I tried to make it kind of 
kind of useful that if you hit that play button, it'll drop down some links to the actual YAML files. So ideally, when you're looking at it and you're looking at devices and you're looking at some of the ideas that, that we use in the house, you'll then be able to go right to the YAML and either download the package and pop it in or, you know, sort of figure out the, the code behind it. Some people just want to see it just to see, you know, what can I do? Because even though it's Home Assistant, a lot of, a lot of the automation stuff can be used with whatever platform you're using, you know, because again, it's just coming up with that idea, like what to automate. And then you figure out the how afterwards. But, um, but then if you are into HA, you just click that and, and, and then you can get right to the YAML file. So I spent a lot of time doing that. Um, I spent a lot of time doing it. <laughs> well, you got a thousand stars. So I think a thousand people I hope it, I hope it shows started through. for a good but, reason. But it, it, it you does. made that milestone. Well done. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exciting. It is. It's, look, it's, it's it's fake internet currency, but it's it does at least it, it to me it, it's it's a, it's a feedback loop. So I do appreciate when people click the star. Um, I know it doesn't. I know some people don't care for that stuff, but I for me it's a it's a it's a real good feedback loop. It's like getting likes and you know, whatever you're saying. Okay, well, someone's saying, well, whatever I'm putting out there, some people are finding interesting. So I, I kind of like that. It, it lets me know to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I also I've been getting some some pull requests, which is kind of neat too. So um, people have added some stuff to, so I encourage that if there's anyone out there that takes some of my stuff and maybe enhances it, especially when it comes to like speech and even some of the tweet stuff, which is awesome. Um, just thinking of new ways to say something or, or different ways to, to randomize some content. Um, I, I love those PRs because, <laughs> you know, there's only so many ways I can say hello to my wife when she comes home. So it's kind of cool <laughs> when someone else comes up with something else and then I, that the more you know as you build out this vocabulary i think the house becomes it it just becomes cooler um you know in a super super like you have a message bearstone on twitter or facebook and get the house to do anything for you or is it purely just the the bearstone will twitter out yeah it's pure yeah it's purely broadcast so it just broadcasts out um i i can't i can't tell it to do something um yeah, it's purely broadcast yeah. out. So again, it's, it's it's not for control. It's really for inspiration. It's just a, and I, it's so that I like it. I, 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 it's funny because so much of it is randomized. Like I'm a consumer of my own feed. Like I like I like looking at it because it's different. I don't know what's going to pop up. I don't know what words are going to match what images and what stats it decides to do. So I find it kind of interesting. Even me, I find it kind of. I, I build it for me. Obviously, at the end of the day, I build it for me. Um, if anyone else finds it useful, that's super cool and or valuable. That's super cool. But I do. I, I consume it. And it's broadcast only. Like it falls in line with my sort of overall philosophy, anyways. That I don't like. If I have to control it, then the automation is not really working. You know what I mean? So voice is my override. We, tr- you know, ideally we don't want to talk a lot um, to back to the house because the house should. I should have built, I should recognize, you know, I, I want to be able to recognize the patterns and then build the automations for it. So through motion sensors, through presence sensors, through, you know, times and dates and schedules, the house should be doing this stuff. And when we talk about what it's usually, you know, lights are the first thing that, that we're talking about. That's where most of the overrides happen. So, um, yeah, so, so you can, you can probably build that functionality to, cause I know that some people have done it with like Facebook messenger and uh, there's some push bullet stuff or telegram stuff that you can, you can tweak back or Slack that you can tweak back and, and the house will do stuff. But for me, other than the educational exercise and it's super cool to do it, um, there's no practical use for it. My, you know, my, my kids aren't on Twitter or my, my wife's not on Twitter. So no one's going to use that sort of functionality back. Plus then, then I probably would have some security concerns, right? I guess I could, I guess it's kind of neat. I remember way back when, when, uh, remember Ben put his Christmas tree up on yeah. and, and people could switch it on and switch it off. So it's kind of, I guess it's kind of cool to have one internet bulb out there that turns on and turns off or some, some sort of automation based on the public out there. But I will tell you this, when, Ever someone follows the Bearstone account, uh, the house does actually uh-huh, cool. So it, it makes a sound in the house. So Not all sure. the speakers, yep. all the speakers do that little that little uh, Twitter whistle. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> when I first rolled it out, it, it, I just did it because I'm like, hey, this is awesome. I'm totally going to do this. And I had, you know, eight followers. So it was great. And then and then we got our Aww. first 3 a.m. follow and it was it just went off <laughs> in the house. And then my wife's like, yeah, but that's not good. She's that, that that doesn't work at all. So so we have so it doesn't. So when we're when we're sleeping. So it's interesting. So I don't you know, sleep is an interesting thing in my house. Um, we don't because that that sleep IQ bed because of the presence sensors, I almost don't do any hard coded times. So the way the, the way all the speech works and the amps work are if any one person is in bed, we turn off all notifications, all speech notifications. So unless both of us are out of bed, I mean, the poor kids, they, they get no say in this, but if both me and my wife are out of bed and, and the bed is empty, then, then the amplifier turns on and then all of a sudden all the sounds sort of happen in the house, including the cuckoo clock and stuff like that. We do have, I do, I did build uh, with a lot of help from the community, by the way. I mean, almost everything just is, is collaborative. When I say I built it, it's just, it's all collaborative. Either I, either I borrowed it from someone's repo or someone from discord just literally helped me work out the code and work out the ginger and stuff like that. Um, so it's all, it's all a big community effort. So I, thanks to everybody out there who, who's been helping me and, and, and getting me through all this, but there is a, there is a, there is a great, um, routing engine as well that it's a media player engine that, that, so I used to just, I used to push things. So the way the speech thing worked is it used to push from HA into a script that would process all the text and build this text. So we would take some randomized text, like, you know, good afternoon and good morning and good evening and some other things like that. And then build, build a nice string and then push that to the, to Polly and then Polly would speak it. So we inserted a new script in there that will route based on time. And again, based on the presence of the bed, you know, if anyone's in the bed, to either the Chromecast or to the individual Fire tablets. So the floor plan is that a also works as a media setup. Like, is it just is out great. of the box Fire right. HD tablet that will do that, or do you have special software to do that? No, I special. So I worked with Peter. So it, it is. It is for the for anyone running floor plan on the Fire tablets who used my blog post they're using um, the fully kiosk browser. So the fully kiosk browser does behave as a media player. Peter, the, the, yep. the founder of the, the, the owner of the floor plan repo. Yeah. Peter's been on your show as well. He, he, uh, he, he built um, some code to make it a full media player. So we push stuff to that instead of the whole house. Cause again, we have one in our bedroom. So any emergency alerts and stuff will just get spoken or, 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 <laughs> Twitter doesn't fall under emergency alerts, unfortunately, but everything else <laughs> gets Twitter pushed to an emergency. I know. I would, I would have that thing tweet all day long. I really, it's, it's, uh, it puts a smile. I'm not going to lie. It puts a smile <laughs> on my face. I hear that I hear that tweet thing come off, and I'm like, ooh, a new follower. That's pretty cool. And I just think it's neat. I just think it's neat. I can't even, I can't, I can't fake it. I can't hide. It's just, I do. I think it's neat. It puts a smile so on my have... face when there's a follower, and, and the house makes that noise. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. pretty neat. It's pretty okay. neat that someone found that someone found it useful. So you know I have I mean? two like in, in my head, five HD tablets that I bought thanks to your blog post, and we're in the middle of moving house. So if you have any tips for me about how to use those five HD tablets, you've already given me the media player. I'll be adding that to those tablets as well, and then I'll be installing my own little floor plan on our new house. Going and and the new fire the new fire tablets the, the have light, yes always amazon on, yes. so um the uh, the ones i have you know the uh, HD, amazon right uh, 8 i'm not sure what model i got um but i know i have to hold like a press a button for her to be activated is that maybe there is an always on feature that i can turn on yes yeah no my mine yeah, i have to eight. as well so for the 7s you have to as well but for the 10s if you got the fire 10 fire 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 10s uh, yeah, so the tens, yeah. you, it's like everything, right? You just you Always bought it, and then and then they came out with some cool features. <laughs> in the next release. <laughs> so don't don't remember get the tens yeah. <laughs> for jumping in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the tens, the tens. What's cool about the tens is the tens. It, it, they have always on. So basically, wherever you, you you know, in my case, so in my house, I would have I have you know five or six of these dots. If I had always on on the fire tablet, I wouldn't need yep. a dot in that room, and then I can um, push it over. You, you know what I mean? The way yeah. I use all the dots 
none of it's for, none of it's for playing music. None of it's for anything. It's they're all just basically remote microphones for the system. That's all they. That's all they are these days. Everything else, music and stuff, goes over the 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 speaker system through the through the mixer. Um, so so yeah. So having floor plan as a mic and, and you still got them on the magnetic uh, hooks and so I, I do like have that. sensors hooked up. Yeah, nice. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So they're embedded in the wall. There's a, you know, I ran a little power switch. There's a power power outlet, which is recessed. And then there's the, there's, so there's these plastic slides. I'm sure you could 3D print them. They were like, I don't know, 15 bucks on Amazon. It's 100% $2 worth of plastic. It's, but they're just the only things out there that, (laughs) that worked well. And so I bought them and it is what it is. So they're on the wall. And then the magnetic tip charger is, is, is awesome. It's just great because you can just grab that thing, pull it right off the wall. You don't have to worry. And I, we take it. My kids use it every so often. So we have a couple of, I don't know, we have a couple of games that we play on on our fire tablet that are like party games. When people come over, it's like Drawful. And I don't know if you've ever seen, there's these Jack, this is completely off topic, but there's these Jackbox games where um, they're almost like trivia games or drawing games or, um, but it all works on the fire tab, the fire TV. So we, it shows up on the big, 65 inch screen TV, and then everyone uses their own device to draw or do or do whatever. Right. So now I have to go back. Whatever the game is that we're playing. So some, yeah. Oh, awesome. TV, and more money. How, how much money do you want me to spend? It's like 35 here. bucks for Come this on, party game or whatever, but it's so worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so people come over and sometimes someone doesn't have a device or their device is about to, you know, it, the you know, battery is always an issue so that you know, things are going to die. So we grab these things off the wall as well. And then we can, uh, those are three more devices that we can use for people to, to play these, these party games that we have. So that's, you know, so it's kind of cool to be able to pull the thing off and, 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 uh, and put it in. The, the magnetic tip is awesome for the kids. Otherwise, <laughs> 100% the chargers would be broken right now. Like, there's no question in my mind. <laughs> without that, without the kids would have broken. Well, thank you. Someone would have Thank you very much for joining us today, Carlo. It's been great so talking to you well. and hearing all about Bearstone. We'll leave the links to your GitHub repo and your blog in the show notes as usual. And if you want to come on to an episode, please email us feedback at housepodcast.io. We'd love to have you on. Thank you very much for joining us, guys, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Cheers. Thank you. This was great. Take care.